All right, guys, back with uh, this edition of Helen at the Mike podcast. Um, a lot has happened, I think, since we've last podcasted. I think this happens often to us again. It's, hey, it's, it's only been a ritual. It's only been about a week. We missed last week. Yeah. Said uh, member of the team, you know, just uh, went ghost mode for an, for a day, whatever. I, we no questions asked. Kind of the Dennis Rodman uh, Vegas thing. <laughs> Vegas, <ever. laughs> he needed a Vegas trip. He needed a <laughs> Vegas trip, and he's back. But um, yeah, so we missed one week, a pivotal week. Um, but now we're here, and thankfully the Wolves lost last night, so we still can cover some <laughs> of the points we were going to. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a lot to discuss. I think we should probably start out uh, just oh. Start talking about um, last night's game. You can get into it. Uh, you know, get a little breakdown here. Yeah, so I was driving home. I was driving back here last night from from Halloween. Good party over the weekend, but um, uh, it's it was a lot of the same stuff we've seen in the losses. I feel like in the first seven games here now, um, there were things that are kind of alarming that I think can get fixed, and there's things that I think this team is actually doing well. Believe it or not, there's a lot of discrepancy in the Timberwolves community right now. I feel like a lot Way of people are freaking out. There's always, I mean, this, we've been in this community for three years and it's just at this it's point, I'm so numb out. to it. I'm so like, I don't even go on Twitter anymore. Cause it's just, it's ridiculous. And we already forewarned it to you guys. We said it's going to take like 20 to 25 games. We think to, I to mean, start playing probably maybe even, I don't even know if this season is like a, they're going to be playing at their full capacity. Probably not, no. but I think they can get it to a point where they could be pretty good still. It's I just, think, Go yeah. ahead. I think what I think it's going to take most of the season to even get to the level we were last season. But what we were talking about is like when Nas reads out there, when we play small, we're a great team. Like we look like we did at the end of last season. It's just we've never played with seven with two seven footers. It no one really has ever played with two seven footers very well. Finch has never coached with it. Anthony Edwards never played with it. It's going to take a long time. For us let's to touch on, good like that. Yeah, let's let's dig into that point first because that's that's one of the big ones I think that's getting brung up right now is is Anthony Edwards' comments where he said he likes playing with a smaller lineup more. He's enjoyed it, enjoyed it more, and it, it, you can tell on the floor from their offensive ratings when Anthony Edwards is with Nas Reed and Jordan McLaughlin, it is a lot higher than when he's with the starters, which is it's only a seven game sample size right now. So I can't say it's an issue, but it's, it's, it's obvious that he's more comfortable playing with a smaller lineup right now with more spacing. He's, he sees those lanes open up a little bit more and he can, he can work the perimeter. So I, I think it's, it's something that's going to be ironed out. He only has one assist, believe it or not to Rudy Gobert in the first seven games. So I think that's, that's an issue, but that again, takes time. Delo only has two assists to him. So they have three three combined assists. Our backcourt does to Rudy Gobert in the first seven games. That's going to get figured out hopefully here soon. Um, but on the bright side with Anthony Edwards, it looks like his assist numbers have gone up this year, and he's been passing I think a lot better and seeing a, seeing a few more guys. So that's a positive you can take out of it. Yeah, what I'm thinking about this is of course he likes playing with uh, Nas Reed. He's never played with two seven footers before. He's not good playing with seven two seven footers right now and no one is right now it's just it's gonna take a lot of time to get used to and I and it's just so hard when you can see the greatness of our team when we don't have that seven two seven footers but I think overall if we're gonna take that next step that it's gonna be with Rudy Gobert it's gonna be with Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell 
And an interesting point you bring up with the uh, only one assist to Rudy Gobert. Doesn't that sound a lot like Donovan Mitchell? And a lot like what Donovan Mitchell was getting torn apart for with Rudy Gobert. So, I mean, it's just, it must be really hard to play with Rudy Gobert and get assists to him when you you would think it would be something that would be very easy. However, however, I will say this, though. I think they have found him. He's found a much larger role in the offense than he did here in Utah. Rudy has been... In by my standards, I think pretty phenomenal so far at the five. Um, yeah. we've, we've never really had a player that can just go get 23 points, 21 rebounds, and he's done that twice this year. He's had two 20 point, 20 rebound games. I mean, the dude's been phenomenal. Um, another bright spot I don't think people are talking about enough is Cat and Rudy are working like Cat is finding Rudy, and Rudy is finding Cat. Like, you saw how many lobs have we seen from Cat to Rudy so far? At, at least, least four, four or five. Yeah, there we go. At yeah. least four. At least four or five. And Cat is starting to figure it out. And that was another concern, I think, by a lot of fans was Cat at the beginning of the season. Some comments and then the play wasn't backing up. But I think Cat looked really good against the Spurs, first of all. He was our only offense. Cat's he loves figuring playing out against how to the Spurs. He's figuring out how to play on the perimeter and how to get inside and how to mix and match there. And I think Rudy's playing really well off of them. So I think the four and the five you know, are working out pretty well right now. It's it's the other three personnel that I think are trying to figure out how to integrate offense, you know, working with those with those two. And I think the uh, I want to highlight another big issue here. There's there's like five that I think that are pretty talked about. And one of them is stagnation right now. I think there's a lot of ISO ball on the perimeter. It's a, it's the you take your turn this time. You take your Horrible. turn this time. No, I want the ball this time. There's no ball movement, which is why this offense is not where it needs to be right now. It's 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 a lot of ant take a few dribbles, pass it out to cat. Cat couple pump fakes. Uh, Delo's dribbling up the floor, dribbling around the perimeter. It's it's it does not look. It's not a beautifully ran offense right now. I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's not even. There's no chemistry, and you can't expect it to be chemistry this early. Um, another thing is, I mean, we we built our identity as being a transition team who got up and down the court, got the steals, and scored right in transition. But when you have two seven-footers, it's really hard to do that. So hard it's almost like we have to strip away our old identity, which was good. We were good last year, but I don't think we were good enough to win an NBA championship. I think we need to kind of change up our identity a little bit, and this is, this is the feeling out stage. It really is. It's the feeling out stage, and... With Chris Finch, he's one of the best offensive minds we've ever that I mean that I've ever seen, and it was it's interesting watching the games um, with the actual commentary because you can hear them talking about it. And I there was a little bit with uh, Jim Pete and Chris Finch talking about how he really built his. The reason he's an NBA coach is because he was one of the first people that could that could uh, play good basketball with no bigs. That's what he did overseas. That's what he brought to the Rockets. He's known for having no bigs. So you got to imagine how hard this is for him to learn how to coach now with two bigs. So it's just there's so much learning going on, and I think we see flashes. I mean, I think it was the end of the third quarter last night. Um, Anthony Edwards picked it up, and we looked really good out there. But I guess you could also point to that five-minute stretch was when uh, Nas was out there instead of Gobert. So I don't know. There's a lot of positive moments, but, yes, there's also a lot of negative moments. I think a thing we have to look at too right now is 
these teams that were supposedly going to be really easy. Uh, I think a lot of people pointed at the Jazz and the Thunder, particularly. We 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 all know kind of the Spurs are going to be well coached and a hard team, but um, the Thunder haven't they beat some pretty good? I think the Thunder beat the Nuggets, right? I yeah. think the Jazz beat the Nuggets. Um, the Jazz are a potential playing team this year. I think the Jazz are probably going to sneak into the playoffs, which is absolutely crazy. But if you look at it, I mean, they have veterans. They have like the Conleys, the Clarksons of the world. And then you interject some energy with Sexton, <clears throat> Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley has been playing really well for the Jazz, believe it or not. That team is going to be a sneaky, hard team to play night in and night out. They're not going to give you anything. Those guys don't want to be looked as as the worst players in the NBA. They want to do something with that team. So that, that team's going to be pretty decent. The Spurs are one of the most well-coached teams in basketball. However, it is unacceptable to lose in the manner that we did in these two games. The yes. first one was probably worse. I mean, we were we should have lost that game by 30 if it wasn't for us bringing starters back in. And then last night's game, it was pretty much a 20-point lead for the for the Spurs for most of the third. So, yeah, it's I, – I don't know. We talked about it at the beginning of the season. We don't know if – we don't know if, like, this supposed easy part of the schedule would be good for us, like no. good for this team, as some people thought it would be. Because you're seeing right now they're still losing games, and it's against supposed teams that this team's going to – supposed to beat. So, I mean, November doesn't look as, you know, like – like, oh, we just have to go 500 in the month of November. No, you got to go out there and win a lot of games. So it's – you're going to have to beat the – I mean, we have the Suns coming up. We have the Bucks coming up. It's it's time. It's time to go win some games. So it, <laughs> there's there's that aspect to it. Chris, what is the Wolves' record right now? Four, Four and three. three. We have a winning record um, that Jazz game. Was that not a great game? Like, overall, I think that was a good loss. Like, I remember I was sitting at the bar watching that with all my buddies, and everyone was so mad about that loss. But I was like, I don't know. That felt like a pretty good loss. They they made some incredible shots. The Jazz played an almost damn near perfect game against us, and we crawled our way back, forced overtime, and it felt like it was it was a good battle overall. And, like, they were the better – they played better that night. And But it was a good loss. And then the two Spurs losses – Horrible, but there's little things we can pull from there. So I don't know. We're four and three. It's not like we're one and six. Like if you if you go on on Timberwolves Twitter and scroll around, it looks like we're one and six right now. But you also got teams with bigger issues than us at the moment. Like the Clippers are two and four. I yes, think everyone thought the they whole were NBA be... is doing horrible. Yeah. Like if you... everyone everyone's seeking kind of trying to navigate through these first ten games and figure this out. This shit happens are. every year though. This happens every year. Like this is. This is not that big of a deal. I, what are the are the um, Warriors like three and four? Like all these teams, and they're going to be in the playoffs. They're, everyone's going to be fine. It just takes some time. Yeah, yeah. I guess there is one thing though. However, we we this has kind of been presented as a not not try not to panic start of the podcast because there is no reason to panic yet. It's the first seven games into a brand new re- brand new era that needs to rebuild every everything back up again to where it was, you know, last year when we were playing the Grizzlies. That takes time to get that chemistry. We're not just starting off from there. But I personally think you have to decide very soon on what you are going to do with D'Angelo Russell. Mm-hmm. I think Rudy Gobert was gonna elevate his game this year, right? That's that's the big that thing the for thing. D'Angelo. That that's the thing. thing. He, he's supposed to 
you know, get his contract extension based upon how he fits with Rudy this year. Do you think it's a good fit and they should re-sign him for multiple years, two to three years for 20-ish million? Or do you go the route of trying to trade him away or not re-signing him? I think it's it's a debate to be had so far just because the offenses look so much smoother with Jordan McLaughlin at that. Yeah, that's a that's a really good question there, Chris. Um, I don't honestly, I don't have the answer because if it's gonna be like this the whole season and he gets that two assists or whatever to Rudy Gobert, like, and they're just not working, then I would much rather have a guy like Trey Jones, for example. Trey Jones and Rudy Gobert. Oh my gosh, if we could have a guy like Trey Jones, I would love that. or Jordan. Good last night. Yeah, he always looks good. He sh- Doug he sh- McDermott, man. What about Doug McDermott? Let me tell <laughs> Doug you this, Chris. McBuckets. Dougie Buckets. He went to the same high school as my dad. Um, and Fred Hoiberg and Harrison Barnes. Ames High produces quality basketball players and coaches. Um, but, no, like, I don't know. I really don't. He's got to figure it out. And that's, I mean, that's like we're giving everyone else time, or at least I am giving everyone else time to figure it out. I'm giving Finch time to figure it out. I'm giving Ant time to figure it out. So I guess I, I also have to give D'Angelo Russell time to figure it out because he's had a few times. There's one uh, pick and roll, for example, that I saw on Twitter and I saw it live too that was amazing. It was a great D'Angelo Russell pick and roll. Sometimes he looks unstoppable with Rudy Gobert setting the screen. But I don't know. I really, what do you think? I think it's just my philosophy on point guard is so different than what D'Angelo Russell is as a combo guard and as one of the most unique guards I think anyone's ever seen play basketball. He's just completely different from what a, a point guard looks like. Like my my type of point guard that I think would fit this team really well is a Jordan McLaughlin type point guard who is only looking for that shot. If he's got that wide open three or if the if the layups there wide open off the screen, like he's taking what taking what's there for him. And I think D'Angelo Russell forces things that aren't there for him. He's or you could say to create he creates. He creates. He is he trying also, to create. He's trying to create. But, yeah, so you're kind of saying um, an assist to tur- turnover guy. Like uh, the Jones family, Monte Morris, a great backup point guard that just someone that's not, make, not, not hurting the offense at all, only helping. I think DeJounte Murray is a perfect blueprint of what a really good point guard would look like on this team. Like I love when point guards are able to defend, are able to hit a three, are able to pass, are able to go shoot 90% at the free throw line. They got to do all the little things right, I think, is, is what makes a really good point guard. And I think the the exceptions are people like, you know, Steph and Ja that do all those things, but they're so dang good on offense too that they can create. And it's just – it looks like D'Angelo just really has – you know, a hard time getting his, like getting his offense going within this system. It's looked like that for a long time now. Like everything looks so hard. Like everything looks for him looks so hard to do. Am I, am I wrong on that? Oh, you're not wrong at all. And that's very kind of, difficult. That's funny. Cause that's, I was going to bring up that point for cat. Um, my roommate, not a big basketball guy. He, uh, he watches basketball. Cause I force him to, I'm always talking. I always got the wolves on, but what he says is he's like, um, He's like, dude, every little thing Carl Anthony Towns does looks hard. Like, he makes everything look so difficult. Like, if he tried to tie his shoe, he would make it look difficult. Like, he just, nothing looks easy for Carl. And I think you're onto something with that with D'Angelo Russell. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think we'll be able to get a guy like DeJounte Murray on this. It would no. need to be 
Like, I just always think Tyus Jones would be the perfect point guard for this team. Monte Morris, he would have been the perfect fit for this team. And, like, Caruso, maybe even too. Caru- I yeah, think Caruso is a defense. really Lonzo Ball, man. Yeah, and, and what you're talking about with Curry and John Morant about how they create and how they are good offensively and they can do all this, they're not playing with an Anthony Edwards. They're not playing with the no. Carl Anthony Towns. We don't need our point guard to create. We need our point guard to create for others and make everything easy for others. And that's and that's the thing with D'Angelo Russell is if he wanted to get that extension from this team, if he wanted to stay on this team, it was he was gonna have to change his game. Cause he's not getting his twenty shots a game anymore. He's gonna get ten shots a game. He needs to get ten shots, ten assists. And that's the adjustment he's going to have to make if he wants to stay on this team. And if not, and if that's not his game, it's time to move on. I was I was thinking about this yesterday. I was like, I don't know, we get so attached to these players and like but if you watch the last dance, you look at Michael Jordan, the players are swapping it in and out. Like it was him and Pippen the whole time. But other than that, like all the other guys are moving around. Like it's not like we're going to have D'Angelo Russell this whole time. So I don't know. If, if he's not willing or not able to make that switch, I think it's time to move on. And yeah, I'm it rambling. Is, it's a, a it is a hard ask because I don't think D'Angelo's in the wrong, essentially, because D'Angelo's not a point guard. Like like I said earlier, he even says this. He says he's a combo guard. He's not he's not your normal point guard, cookie cutter point guard. He's a guy that's usually always the high usage guy on every single team he's played on. You, you look at the Lakers before LeBron came. He was he was that guy, him and B.I. You look at the Nets. He was especially that guy on the Nets. You look at the Warriors, they were injured. Steph Curry and Clay were out. So he was that guy on the Warriors when they were really bad, keep in mind. And he comes to Timberwolves, and he's kind of his first season, he's the second option. So he's still kind of that guy. But then Ant comes in, and I th- it's just, it, it goes back to the point where I think it it's. There's some like unspoken power struggle happening with this team on offense. And that's the issue. Everyone can see it. Everyone can see what's happening. Everyone wants that ISO time. Everyone wants their time with the ball. And I think it's really difficult to be a good offensive team, you know, when that's happening. And you look at last year, remember, that's what we were talking about last year. Offense sucked. They start moving the ball around a little bit. The defense goes back to normal. It wasn't that great, but the offense was the number one offense of the league. So yeah. it's, it's, it's frustrating because there is talent. It's just they need to figure out, you know, how how to get their touches in a productive way. And I think the easiest way to do that is to move the ball and let your time come. Don't force your time to be there unless unless it's really needed. So I, Exactly. I think the funny part about that is, is like when you start moving the ball, when everyone starts getting touches, that's when you get wide open shots. That's when Carl Anthony Towns gets a wide open – like – it's when we force it that it just looks bad, it doesn't work, and it allows it's we're predictable. It's when we're predictable on offense is when we go ISO ball. But when we're moving the ball around, pushing in the pace, we're gonna score more points, first of all, and everyone's gonna get theirs. Everyone is gonna get their points. And then like I get at the beginning of the season it's always tough for these players because they go all off season working on their game, trying to improve their game. So when they get into the season, what do they want to do? They want to prove that they're getting better. They want to prove that their stats are going up, especially on a contract year. D'Angelo Russell, personally for him, it doesn't really benefit him to get all those assists and not score a lot of points. If he wants to get paid on a different team or I don't know, it's just like it's a tough situation for everyone, and I think that's what's going to take time, and that's what these. that's why I think these losses are beneficial. Because it's making everyone say, shit, this isn't working. 
Like, you know, we got to figure this out. Yeah, and there's a deeper discussion there, too, of what D'Angelo actually is, what D'Angelo and maybe even Cat can be grouped into. I mean, they're players that have always lost throughout their career. So can they be winning players, or is that what they're always going to be, just high-usage guys on mediocre to – Best you know, player on the worst team. Four teams, yeah. D'Angelo and Russell. That that might be what D'Lo is. I hope it's not. I hope he can be a great su- supplementary piece on a good team. But we're not going to really know that until, you know – probably the end of this year we're gonna have to see how it plays out and I have to go you know touch on this topic I think every Wolves fan hates having to say anything bad about Anthony Edwards but I think it's been wildly inconsistent for him this year and I and I think that's the thing we're all hoping from Ant that we get this year's consistency those nine point games that we hated last year are popping back up again. And it's happened. This is the third time last night. I know he scored double figures, but he had zero points at the half. That that's, that That can't happen. happen. It's his third year, man. You're supposed to be a superstar. It's, it's now like, it's now you cannot. Sure. He's had four awesome games, three 30 point games. Those don't mean as much. If you compound it the next night by a nine point game. That doesn't mean anything. Did that, that just you gave up on your team after a like you gotta string these things together and be there for for the next game too. It can't just be one game you give your all out and hope someone else does it, you know, in the next game. Uh, so are we four and when he scores thirty points? Our four wins are the games he's played good in, and I mean, our three losses are the games he's yeah, played bad in. That's there's a correlation there, believe it or not. Yeah, between your best player playing like shit and your team so this is something I always talk about with Anthony Edwards. He he had, does not have that ability to to put the switch on by himself. Like he can't just be sitting there and be like, "All right, let's go." Like he's got to see the ball go through the hoop. He's got to make one play, and then he's good. He's got to have a guy like Pat Bev get on his ass, and then he'll get going. Um, but yeah, last night I tuned into the game at um, at the third quarter, um, and they're like, "Anthony Edwards zero points," and I'm like, "Holy shit, that's horrible." And then he takes one, he or maybe it was right before the half. I don't know when it was, but he he, t- he has a great take to the basket, gets a layup, and then boom, he scores seven points in like two minutes. And you're like, wow, why isn't he doing that the whole game? And it's just, I don't know. You're right. He's got to be and able it's, to be consistent. It's the, the games where he starts out 0-8 like that, is, it's the spot-up ISO jumpers is what. Yeah is what gets him into that. And Anthony to this point in his career has not been good at drawing fouls. And what do all 30 point a game scores do that score 30 points a game throughout the year? They get to the line 20 times, eight, eight to 15 times a game. Yeah. It, at least, at least UCMB has like 18 free throws every game. It's cause yeah. he's, it's cause he gets to the line, bro. It's the easiest shot in basketball, a damn free throw. And that's why if he can, he has the ability to do that. Every he time. just hasn't done it, man. He's the Euro looks great this year. I think the jump shot actually looks better. Like driving looks the same. It's just he's got to figure out how to get contact and get some calls. It's 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 to break out of these games to to stop those games before they start. He goes oh oh three quick. Get up, get, get some free fouled, throws. get fouled, get to the line, and get back on track. You cannot go. You cannot start out oh of nine. And this is, and this is also, I'll give, I'll put a lot of that on Anthony Edwards for sure for not understanding that and not realizing, oh, I got to the cup. But this is also a place where Chris Finch can get better, because 
if you're a coach, you can draw up a play. You you got to have these plays in your back pocket, especially if you're one of the best offensive mind coaches in the NBA. You got to have mm-hmm. five or ten plays in your back pocket that you can call timeout. Boom! This play is going to get Anthony Edwards a bucket. You call. You see him go 0 for four to start the game. Timeout. Let's get Anthony Edwards a wide open layup or get fouled. Like this is this is partially on Chris Finch here as well. He's got to have these plays for every single one of his players that if they start out slow, you get them that easy bucket. Because once that one basket goes in, the basket turns from a needle pin to an ocean for Anthony Edwards. And I, I think the wires are like, I, they obviously like each other. I'm not saying they don't like each other, but the wires are crossed in the fact that Chris Finch like calls him out every single post game. Like everyone, he's like, it's not in a bad way. It's just like, like yeah, it's got to go to the basketball and stop settling no. for the shot. You hear it every game. But then you don't really see it like no. it's or you see it for a one game sample size. Like I guarantee you guys when they play the Phoenix Suns tomorrow, November 1st, Anthony's going to have a good game. He's yes. he it's a big time game. responds to having a bad game. Well, and it's not even does. that it's not even that it's a, that it's he had a bad game. It's that he plays well when he doesn't need to make that. He doesn't need to flip that switch because the, the switch is already flipped. We're playing yeah. against the Phoenix Suns. It's a big time game. He's going up against Devin Booker. Like he doesn't need. There is like no need for him to make the make it a big game because it a, is a big game. He's a very self aware kid. Like he knows he just shit the bed last game. Yes. He knows he's gonna have to have a good game. This and he, he's yes. very self aware. And he will if they bet the over on Anthony Edwards points tomorrow for sure. Because yeah, he's gonna go off and he's gonna probably start out hitting like three or four threes <laughs> and like. So I don't know when this when this team's winning, it's because Anthony Edwards is playing great basketball. Yeah, dude. So I think we t- I think we touched on the big three, right? The big three from last year. We haven't we, really we talked about Cat much, have we? A little bit. I mean, I think Cat's struggled to an extent, but it's again, it mostly stems from trying to figure it out with the big. So I can't really blame Cat. Oh, dude. Besides his post game stuff, I I don't really. <laughs> That's that is what it is. The fouling and the complaining and the post game stuff, it is what it is. I'm it's not capped. gonna be able none can't of us are gonna him. be able to stop him from fouling and complaining. But we can't change him. All his issues, I think, aside, I think on the court he's been pretty good considering you've plugged him next to a seven two guy. I think he's figured it out pretty decently so far. Yeah. Um, sh- he, I mean, the only thing is he's shooting in the twenty percent from three. That's gonna go up. That's gonna go to forty percent. So I'm not worried about him. Yeah, the uh I saw a funny meme on – so I, I keep referencing Timberwolves Twitter. I swear I'm not on there that often. I keep I'm, – I'm trying to stay away from there. Too much negativity. But there's a funny thing where it's like when Carl An- when Anthony Edwards does something wrong and it's like Timberwolves fans like not being mad. And then when Carl yeah. Anthony Towns does something, everyone just wants to burn him at the stake. Like he he gets so much – he is the scapegoat of this team. And I feel so bad for him because you're right. He is the only one who is like – Doing a pretty Insist- good job. He's been consistent too. Is the thing yeah. right? he hasn't been consistently great, but he's he no. know you know what he's gonna give you. He's been consistently getting better as well. Like he he's been slow. You can see the progression in his game. You can see him starting to get more comfortable, and that's what he's always been. He's always been a consistent player. Besides like two or three outlier games last year, playoff games too. Sure, that, that's that. I think that's where a lot of the heat comes from. Is last year's three games, and that has to improve. But I think it can. I think it will. I think yes, he's I, only been. In, he, he's played in what six plus four? Did they no five eleven playoff games in his career is what he's played in. Yeah. So, so I mean, he is not figure, the problem. He's, he's the bright spot to be honest right now. But um, but yeah, what. It, 
So we, yeah, we touched I on also, the big three. There, there's two guys I think that are very important to talk about too, and that's Jaden McDaniels and Jalen Noel. So for Jaden, I've been very, I've, for the most part, I've been pretty impressed. I mean, these last two games have been kind of eh, but I think he's really made a step in, in creating offense. He's been phenomenal on the defensive end. So no complaints about Jaden. I think he's been good. I'd actually like to see some more plays for Jaden. Jalen Noel, this is, I think this might be a hot take. Because Jalen's kind of viewed as, as in the lens that Anthony Edwards is by Tim Rose fans. He's almost untouchable from criticism, which I don't like, by the way. I think everyone is prone to some criticism from, from fans and from media. I get I get that Jalen Noel's pretty a pretty dang good score. I get that. But I can't have Jalen Noel like going three from three of fourteen and five of fifteen and like people trying to replace him as the starting point guard and like already talking about paying him over other people, like paying him $20 million a year. Like, did you say that a couple days ago? No, no, I don't. Yeah, you did. You told me you should pay him over D'Lo. They, and they should pay him over D'Lo, but the people saying they should pay him, like give him the four for a hundred, I think are insane. I, I don't, I don't think Doogie's reporting him an offer three for nine is fair, but I do believe something in the range of four for 40 or four for 50 is good. But I think people are getting, you know, mixed up in the fact that he's not a, he shouldn't be like one of your two, three guys. Should he? I, maybe I'm, maybe I'm, maybe not on this damn team. Not when you have freaking Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo, like he is like a, he's a fifth option on this team. He should be the, he should not be taking the second most shots. And he's a spark guy. He should be, if we need him to score, sure. But, like, yeah, there should be no forcing for him if, like, and I don't know. I think the last two games have looked so rough due to the fact that he's having to come in as a second unit point guard because Jordan's been hurt. So it's been, it's he's kind of the D'Lo. It's the D'Lo effect, too. It's two combo guards that aren't really known distributors. So, I mean, it's. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I like Jalen. I do. I like him coming off the bench. I like him like getting a quick eight off the bench. I love that. But he's, there's, there's a time and a place just like there is for D'Lo where I think he gets into the, the spot up threes and the dribbling a little bit too much and trying to do a little too much. It's just, it's more, he's, he's a, he's a really good player. It's just, I, I'd have an issue. I think paying him a lot of money, just oh, because yeah. how much money we already have tied up in all these assets right now, it's 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 going to be tight. You're going to be able to pay Jaden and Ant, and then you have to make a decision with D'Lo because you have ninety something million dollars tied, almost a hundred million dollars for the next three years tied up in two big men. That doesn't leave you a lot of space. Yeah, and like it's hard to have a guy like Jalen Noel on this team when we already have so many offensive weapons. I'd rather put that money towards a guy who's a who's a role player, who can who's a who's a, a defensive specialist, someone that you can that will really complement our our team. Like he just doesn't really fit, and that's he fits when there's no Anthony Edwards in the lineup when there needs to be offense. He fits, but he doesn't fit with the starting lineup. I, I just don't think he can do enough besides score to make it worth it to have him. On the floor. Even, even with a slight improvement in defense, I feel like it's just not enough value added within no, the offense. It's I, not, I, and I, that's just like it's a reality that I know we all love Jalen Noel, but yeah, it's he's just a not great a, second round pick. He is a he is a awesome second round pick. 
Yeah, and I, d- I just don't think it it's benefiting him, really, to be on this team. Unless we're playing well. When we're playing well and when, like, he, he looks well good when we play good. And we're just not playing good right now. But I think if we make a playoff run, I think he's going to look fine when he, we plug him in coming off the bench. It's just when we play bad, he's one of those players that he either is going to look really great or he's going to look really bad. I think if, if I was Jalen, I'd go into free agency, get the bag from a from a team, from a team with space, and go to a team that doesn't have a lot of offense. Just get your 20 a game. Like, he needs to go do that. That's what he needs. I, I just – I think it's extru- – I think the Timberwolves are probably one of the worst fits for him, which really sucks because we just have so many high-usage players right now on this team. Which we have too much team. usage. I think that's, yes. a, that's a problem. That, that's kind of what I think – that's why it stalls. That's why. That's why stalled. I think that's that's really the under or the main problem with this whole team so far is yeah, there's not enough balls to go around, and either some people are gonna have to change, or it's not gonna work. I don't know. Let me ask you this question, Chris: Is mm-hmm. it time? Is there any? Should the guy be walking up the tower right now to ring the alarms, or is there no there no is there no reason to ring the alarms, or is it? Are they quietly ringing in your head right now? I think I think as humans, we're just built like we already have preconceived notions. But when we see it happen, we're like, ah, oh, dude, this sucks. Like this team's bad. But I realistically, no one should be ringing the bell. We're far from. Remember, everyone, we started out four and nine last season. We made the playoffs. Chill out. We have a winning record right now. We're four and three. However, there are little things that might cause me to. You said going up the tower to ring the bell. I might stick my foot in the door a little bit after seeing a few things. The the rotate the rotations on defense are a little concerning, but again, I think that's attributed to having to learn an entire new drop scheme over us attacking, you know, the pick and roll last year. I think that's entirely new. Playing with Rudy is completely different. One thing that is super alarming that I've seen in all seven games so far is we are getting we are we are third in the NBA in rebounds, so we're doing fine rebounding-wise by that metric. But we are giving up the second most offensive second-chance points. Have you noticed how many so offensive many rebounds we give up? Yeah. It's alarming. I don't know how we give up so many second-chance points. My theory is is we're pretty bad at letting other teams shoot the three, so I think those those long rebounds off the threes are kind of kicking out. Yep. And I think the perimeter guys aren't doing a good enough job of snagging those rebounds. Rudy and Cat have been fine in the paint rebounding. It's just we got to stop allowing transition offense, get those rotations together and sure up the defense and grab offensive boards. And I think, honestly, I haven't been too, you know, the defense hasn't really been a big concern for me. I think defense-wise, I think everyone looks pretty – Jaden looks awesome. I think Jaden's blocking a lot more shots too this year, which is really cool to see. I think Cat's been fine. I don't think that's a glaring issue. Cat has been able to guard all the fours they've put in front of him. That's not that's not the issue. It's just – it's learning, learning each other's te- – it's it's learning, growing, gaining chemistry. It's just knowing where your guys are at. So that's yeah. that, that was one thing I noticed. I I think that – once we start playing these better teams, I think that's going to be the most beneficial thing for this team. I think when we play, we tend to play down to our uh, competition. We're a young team. That's what they do. But yeah, I think that these big test games, even if we lose these games, but as long as we put up a fight against the Phoenix Suns tomorrow night, like if we lose, 
I'm not going to be mad as long as we play uh, a solid game and we look like we we have some heart. That's really all that matters to me. And as as long as I want to see adjustments being made, I want to see Chris Finch really spending time in the film room, realizing what's wrong, and then making these adjustments. I mean, it doesn't make sense to me if you're gonna if you're trying to learn how to play with these two bigs. I think you kind of got to ease into it. You can't just not play Nas Reed. Because like that's how you that's how we've been winning games in the past. You can't just not play him. Like he I think he has two at least two DNPs this season. Like you can't do that. You got to you got to at least get him some minutes and then when the bigs are in the game, that's when you work on it. But you can't just I don't know. I that's something I've noticed as well that yeah. Don't necessarily think, love. Yeah, to Finch Finch acknowledged last night he should have kept Nas on the floor and I think obviously he should have. I mean, keep keep doing what's working, right? You just came back from 20 it's going to figure itself out here. I think And these, I think it'll be good. These next two games, I know they're against really tough opponents. One quite possibly the best teams in each conference. I think the Suns have a really good shot at winning the West and the bucks are on, are pretty much unbeatable right now. They have not lost a game and they've been killing teams. So I think it's going to be good to see where we're at. You know, this we've kind of wondered is, are the T-Bulls underperforming? Are, are these proposed bad teams overperforming? No. When we go face the Suns and the Bucks, we're going to see exactly where this team is at. We are yeah. going to see how good they are. So. Yeah, and if it's not good, I still don't even think we ring it. Like, what was that? We yeah. had a horrible record before Christmas last year, and look what happened to the rest of the season. Like, it's just going to take time. Patience. I know our society, especially our age, Chris, patience is not something that like we're good at. Like the instant gratification. Yeah, we love the instant gratification. This is a slow burner, man. This is a slow burner, slow character development. It's a five-season TV series. Like this is I mean, gonna. T- I, th- I think the NFL weighs so. NFL and college football are so like, oh, if we lose this game, like so much repercussions on the next game and what's yeah. gonna happen at the end of the year. The MLB and the NBA and the NHL, like they, you cannot watch those game by game and form no. opinions. It has to be stretches, and you have to really, you know, base it upon like different chunks of the season like this chunk we played well we're improving from here and here you know no and you know what this one is not good the, like it's okay to say we've been playing bad yeah. we have played like shit but it's it, we were meant to play bad i think yes. we've had rudy for like maybe two months if that yeah chris um what was i gonna say i had a great point to bring up but i forgot i, forgot, I, forgot what I was gonna say um <laughs> we can I, we can slide it to him no next time go ahead oh i'll be quick um so, yeah, what I've learned doing this team for three years, I think the first two years, or at least the first year, when we did the first full season covering the Wolves, we watched every game. I was so invested in every single game. Like, I would get sad after a game. I remember when um, the Orlando Magic beat us on the Carl, on the Cole Anthony buzzer beater. I think that was Oh, yeah. I was, like, physically upset. Like, I might, I didn't think I shed a tear, but I was damn near close. Like, I, it ruined my night. And then, like, even last year, like, we'd, we'd, we'd blow a lead in the fourth quarter, and then I would just be so mad the rest of the night. And, like, yeah. Take it game by game, man. Not game by game. It's stretch by stretch. You just, like, if we're playing like shit, just turn off the TV. That's what I've learned. Turn off the TV. We'll be back. I can look at t- Twitter and see some weird Carl Anthony Towns post-game quotes. Um, see Finch get mad at Anthony Edwards. Like, it's just, I don't know. You just got to, yeah, it's a, it's a big picture, and it's going to take some time. And I... There's no reason to sound the alarm. We're a winning. We have a winning record. I think we still have a chance to be one of the best teams in the league this year. Just, just calm down. Calm enjoy, down. enjoy the process. 
and let's go let's go win this whole dang thing later down the line we'll look at this as as nothing if they do that so exactly and um as, as far as me and chris uh our posting schedule it's back to where we we thrive no schedule no <laughs> consistency this is what we do but we're gonna try to figure something out we'll let you guys know thank you guys for watching um Make sure to like, make sure to subscribe. Have a great rest of your day. Go Wolves.